If you could share one big idea to change the future of education, what would it be? In our One Big Idea series on Future of School, the podcast, we'll hear from a diverse array of education stakeholders, from parents and educators to longtime industry leaders who will share their bold proposals to transform teaching and learning in the United States. Together, we'll amplify one another's unique perspectives, consider new solutions, and above all, make sure every voice is included in the conversation. Welcome to another exciting episode of our Future of School podcast series titled, One Big Idea. Today we have seasoned educator on the show, Kier Butts. He was a 2019-2020 Teacher of the Year at Baltimore City Public Schools, and we're so excited to have you here today, Kier. It's really good to be back, uh, and it's so good to see you, Amy, good to hear from you, um, and it, it just feels good. So thank you very much for the opportunity. Awesome. I'm sitting at the edge of my seat because I'm really excited about the big idea you're going to share, mostly because when we've had conversations throughout this year, I have never asked you to share a big idea, and you always share fantastic, great, critical, tangible, important ideas. So really excited to hear what what you would shout out from the rooftops in terms of transformation in education. Well, one, one big idea really starts with just rethinking education, right? And what's really fitting about the work that you do, right? Future of schools, this idea of looking forward to what could be. And we're obviously operating in the world as it is. One of the things that a lot of educators have learned during the pandemic is that the way that school was before, the sort of normal we really should not return to that. So this whole phrase, return back to normal, return back to normal, I want people to get that out of their vernacular, get, you know, just get that out of the lexicon because normal, quote unquote, didn't work for everybody. We can talk about students with disabilities. We can talk about students for whom English was not their first language, right? Black students, normal did not work for a lot of those students. So the big idea is let's be bold. Let's rethink what schools could be. And you might be thinking, well, how is that a big idea? That's just really kind of like a something you can slap on the back of a car or a shirt. But the thing is, is that it's going to take a lot of committed people. And it's almost like thinking about what, what the Lorax says, right? It's going to take an awful lot of people who really care about something to change something. Well, school is the same way. It's going to take an awful lot of people who understand that the way that school was before, although brick and mortar did mass some problems, why should we go back to what was when we can rebuild and make something as it could be? So to me, this idea stems from uh, an idea that the uh, Teacher Advisory Council in Baltimore City, in conjunction with our CEO, uh, Dr. Sonia Santelisis, came up with. And it was it's called Small Group Wednesday. Essentially, you have your you know, five-day school week. Monday and Tuesday, teachers are teaching their content, following the curriculum, doing activities with students. But Wednesday, you sort of like take a time out, pause. Let's regroup on Wednesday. Wednesday should be a half day, right? Wednesday should be a half day. Students are dismissed at whatever the time is. At my school, it happens to be 12 p.m., right? Noon. But teachers aren't doing new content that day. I'm pulling small groups of students to focus on a skill based on the data that I got from Monday and Tuesday or beginning of the year or middle of the year data. I'm being responsive 
to the needs of my students. In the afternoon, as the way that I see it, this is a great opportunity for teachers to collaborate with each other, right? Vertical planning. I want to talk to the fifth grade teacher and the, and the seventh grade teacher to understand what are the standards that your students are working on? Where, where are my students and how can I get them to be ready for seventh grade? So that's vertical planning. They also like the idea of a sort of more linear model of planning, right? talking with other sixth grade teachers in my network. So in Baltimore City, schools that are sort of geographically located uh, in proximity to each other uh, are, are usually in what's called a network. I want to talk to other teachers outside of, of my school building that also teach sixth grade. So in an ideal world, right, because we're talking about a big idea, let's institute small group Wednesdays and let's let that be the thing. Teachers so often are told to just keep going, right? The trains left the station. We are moving. You really can't slow down. Wednesday would be, right, Amy, an intentional time to slow down. You're not teaching new content. You're pulling your students that need either remediation, some sort of extension, right, for uh, some of our gifted learners to enrich, you know, their, their capacity and to just slow down. In this, the way that I see it, right, in a four-week month, your first week would be at school. Let me have collaborative planning at my school. The second week of the month, that Wednesday half day, would be your network. Now you're collaborating with other teachers in the network. The third week in that four-week month, right, that Wednesday, you have an optional district-provided PD that you can go to that really should be capitalizing on teacher leadership. Teachers who have shown that they've got a skill uh, or a strength are sharing their expertise. Maybe there are strategic inner visitation visits. So I can see you teach, you can see me teach, and we can collaborate. And the fourth Wednesday, honestly, this is going to kind of sound like uh, a bit of a cop-out, but teachers also need a break. If we're really intentional about SEL and taking care of the self, right, putting the SEL in self, I think that that fourth Wednesday of the month, there is no uh, professional development. There is no collaborative planning. Teachers, you've earned it. It's been a long month. Enjoy your half day. Refresh, replenish, revitalize, and come back to school ready again on Thursday and Friday. Wow, you've given us so many things to think about. And then also this tangible action guide for for moving forward, what we can do to actually make that change happen at the educator level, right? Yeah. So would you think that small group Wednesdays, would that be in addition to regular professional development or would it be a new form of professional development, a new model? Yeah. Well, so this to me, would it, it would require schools and districts to say, you know what, I'm okay if we don't get through every last lesson in the curriculum, but if teachers are working on the standards to help students with skills, that's what we're okay with. Standards repeat and show up and present themselves multiple times throughout the course of a year. So in this sense, Amy, because that was a really good question, right? I, I see it as Monday and Tuesday are regular days of school. Your teacher is teaching the curriculum, right? We're, we're having our groups, we're doing our projects. But on Wednesday, on Wednesdays, 
you know, and this is, you know, where there's some room to haggle. Maybe Wednesday you do keep the Zoom model or Microsoft Team or Google Meet, and you still have a day at home or in the building, but you're done at 12 noon. I'm not teaching new material that day. I would say, you know what? My students have really been struggling on Monday and Tuesday with pulling text evidence. I noticed when I did teach new material, let me slow down and figure out how can I scaffold this for students? How can I differentiate this skill for students? And I'm just going to slow down and only focus on text evidence on Wednesday, but I'm not teaching new material. And then the way that we've actually been doing it at my school, uh, what you could say uh, is sort of a, a new thing, it, it, we've done something called teach to one. So all of us actually on Wednesday in sixth grade, all of us on Wednesday in sixth grade are on a single Zoom link. Now, you could be saying to yourself, wow, Kira, that's, that's, that's a lot of students potentially. But I also have the support of my math teacher, my science and social studies teacher, and a special education resource teacher. So you have potentially anywhere between three and five or more teachers, depending on how big your school or your team is, that could hop in on a single Zoom link, right, or Microsoft Teams or Google Meet to help you manage breakout rooms that pop in and out of those small groups. So there is a tangible, there is a feasible way, a practical way of making Small Group Wednesday work, even if the option was to do it in person or honestly say, you know what? Wednesdays, no one's coming in the building except for maybe administrators or maybe teachers that want to get a little bit of planning done in the afternoon. But you're actually going to jump on Zoom from nine until 12 o'clock and do your day there, your small group. And then Thursday and Friday, you dive right back into the curriculum. Hey, you know what, students, on Tuesday, remember how we were talking about text evidence? Well, we're going to continue that. Now, we got a little extra practice yesterday, but today we're going to go ahead and read a new chapter and see if we can practice that skill. It's, it's like, it's differentiated instruction with all group support, with all teacher support. And that's one of the, you know, I'm, I've been careful about saying this, but I really, this is part of one of my beliefs is there have been some silver linings to the pandemic. And one of the silver linings is this opportunity not to go back to what it was. Even if the perception was it's working, it's, there was no problem. Right. We're also talking about not just a society, but I think, you know, our world is education is such a personal thing, right? How many times, Kira, have you heard somebody say, well, I walked uphill both ways to school and my brother's shoes and I did just fine. So these they just need to put their cell phones down and they just need to let, they just need to suck it up. It hasn't been working for so many subpopulations. You know, a few years ago, we looked at what we called isolated student populations, whether it's rural students, uh, minority students, you know, we go, and when you add them up and the overlap of students, it's the majority of students. Yeah. It's an obstacle standing in your way. Yeah. So this model helps to break down that one size fits all and says, puts that power in the hands of the educators. Oh, absolutely. Right by kids. And you know what's really interesting about this is there's a synergy that that actually happens on Small Group Wednesday. So like I said, we're all on one Zoom link and I have been able to observe the practice of our math teacher and our science and social studies teacher. And they've also been able to observe my practice, right? Because when I'm teaching, they're in the chat. They're watching Go Guardian to make sure that students are on task. They're admitting students into the waiting room, which frees me up, Amy, to teach. 
I mean, isn't that the, like, haven't we all sort of been like leading a Zoom meeting, right, where you're the one in charge, but you don't have any support and you've got to run the chat, admit people, you've got to answer questions. And you're kind of like, I think that this is actually taking away from my capacity, not my capability. I'm capable. I know it, but it's taking away from my capacity to effectively lead this session. It's taking away from my capacity to be an effective educator. But if I've got four other adults who have designated and specified roles, like we sorted out on the sixth grade team, my kids are being taken care of and I am free to teach. I've got, let's say, Amy, you're my co-teacher. You're answering student questions or rather you're calling on students when they raise their hand, right? My other uh, co-teacher, let's just say Mr. Smith, right, is manning the chat, right? Responding to private chats from students. And yet another teacher, let's just say, uh, you know, Ms. Doe is on GoGuardian, making sure students are on task, yet another way, right? And yet another teacher could be contacting parents who they notice, wait, so-and-so is not logged in today. Let me check and make sure everything's okay. Let me go ahead and do AM attendance. All the things that I was responsible when I was on one link, but I had three sections to do. I am now freed up to do an intentional push for language arts for 60 minutes, 90 minutes, and then we swap. Then I fall back and support my math teacher, right? Pushes in and leads, and the rest of us remain support teachers. And all the while, right, like you said, Amy, we are touching intentionally these students when we go to small groups. Our special educator is amazing. Not only is she working with students on her caseload, she's also pulling other students who have similar um, striving, if you will, or deficits as um, her caseload students. It's really a good model. It's a fantastic model. And I am going to, as we wrap up and schedule our next offline talk about this, because I'm really excited about this as a concept and also what it looks like in practice, because you're doing it. So you're telling our listeners, I'm not giving you a big lofty idea that hasn't been tried and tested and works. I'm doing it. And it works. So I, I think that that's just so, it's so powerful. So I'm going to summarize what I heard from you in like 45 seconds or less. And then I'd love for you to leave our listeners with your last, you know, few sentences of inspiration. Mm -hmm. What you're saying is let's, we need, we need to, there's an imperative to steer away from the, we want to go back to the K-12 education system as it was. And by in doing so, if we open our minds to what's possible, whether we create it or it's a shared practice, then we really will be able to reframe education, the teaching learning process, and do right by our kids. And your solution for that, your big idea is small group Wednesdays, which you've given us a fantastic framework for. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things when you think about it, when you, we, we, we have the power. So you have to ask yourself, why not us? Why not you? Why not now? I agree with you, Amy. I don't want to sound tone deaf. I recognize that this has been an incredible, an incredibly tough year. But I will also say that education has got to come out better. We live and operate in a world as it is. So why not us and why not now to perfect education to something as it could be? This is a moment. Moments don't come around too often. So I say we have to take it, but it's going to take all of us, not just some of us. Now's the time to do it, and we can do it, and we can also do it together. And we can do it led by visionaries such as yourself. Thank you so much for being on our podcast series. I really appreciate it. So thank you for this opportunity, and I really look forward to more 
conversations and conversations becoming action. Small Group Wednesdays for the win. Thank you, Kier. Thank you for listening to Future of School, the podcast. What's your one big idea to transform education? Connect with us on social media or on our website, www.futureof.school to share. And if you're one of our listeners enjoying the podcast on Apple, we hope you'll consider leaving a five-star review to help more people find the show. 